This episode is brought to you by Lost Radicals T-Shirts, a new online T-shirt brand based in Columbus, Ohio, that reflects the designs of creative director Dave Barber's enduring passion for music, style, and storytelling. It opened for business with an initial collection mixing striking images and bold typography with a vintage rock aesthetic. It's really cool. Lostradicals.com. Lost Radicals, fabricating iconic music. Welcome to If This Bar Could Talk, a podcast about bartenders and the stories they have to tell, as well as the storied history of cocktails, spirits, and bars. I'm Blair Beavers, and here's your host, Leanne Sims. Tonight, our guest is Sean Ward. Sean, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thanks for being our guest. Anytime. I um, I actually don't know you very well. I've met you a couple times at Giuseppe's Bar. Mm-hmm. Tell me about Sean. Sure thing. Um, grew up in Dayton, Ohio. Uh, lived there through high school. Uh, came to school at Ohio State. Had already kind of begun in the uh, the food industry uh, in high school, delivering pizzas and subs and working for this little shop like right down the street from my parents' house. Uh, came to school, went to high State, got my bachelor's degree in personal finance. Worked in the restaurant industry all through college. Opened up a lot of the uh, restaurants at Easton such as Brio and Smith & Walensky, Bon V. Did a lot of training for those restaurants, too, after I gained a lot of experience. And then uh, after college, tried my hand in the career that I studied in college and figured out that I just kind of enjoy the hospitality industry. So at the age of 40 now, I'd say I've been in the industry for about 25 years. What do Um, you love about the industry? uh, I guess the most simple way I can put it is and how I kind of continue to stay engaged is for, for folks who, you know, don't work in the hospitality industry or maybe don't work in the service industry, going out to dinner, going out to have a drink, taking your family out, meeting friends. That's like the window of the day that is like probably the most relaxing, the most enjoyable. I'm the orchestrator. I'm the one that either makes that something that's really enjoyable or potentially something that like they wish they had gone somewhere else. Uh, so I put that type of pressure on myself and I also look at it as like a, a golden opportunity on a guest to group basis. So based on a previous podcast, um, I know that you happen to be one of the best in the biz when it comes to that. Um, our friend PJ oh. Ford uh, ah. said that he learned from you. Yeah. And what he learned from you is the hospitality and that you are a master of knowing every person's name and what they drink and you make them feel like family. And that's a really great thing, obviously, in your business, but you, you make it an art form. Mm-hmm. And I so, think he said that if you don't know their name when they walk into your bar, you know their names by the time they walk out. I would was, like to. That was it's how he the goal. put it. So is that, do you, is that like just natural for you or is that something you? I think it comes from a core uh, conglomerate of corporate training and then also working uh, for like family owned businesses. So kind of a melange of both coming together and me creating my own kind of set of standards, practices and ideals that, you know, one gives you a professional experience Two is also a very unique experience. And makes you want to come back. 
Yeah. I mean, that's the goal. Hopefully. Like yeah. the whole point of, you know, enjoying a nice drink and a dinner or both or a conversation is that, you know, I'm, I'm sure when you guys go out, where are we going to go eat? I don't know. Where do you want to go? Where do you want to go? Well, yeah. the first couple places that always come to mind are the ones where you've had a memorable happy experience 100 percent. yeah you know uh, let's go see sean let's go see james let's go see you know so if you have that kind of communal interaction with your bartenders and that's where you like to sit is at a bar to eat or drink then that becomes you know it's it's a matter of like my you know psychologically like what's the easiest solution for us without any you know friction yeah right well, I would say, I mean, we hear your name all the time whenever people talk about the best bar. People ask us all the time, what is our what is our favorite bar? And although we don't get to Giuseppe's very often because it is in Bexley, which is very far away. It's like five miles from here or something. four or five, yeah. <laughs> but uh, we, we definitely list Giuseppe's as one of our favorite bars because it's just such an incredible, incredible place. But um you, you have a voice for radio. Has anybody ever told you that? Like, Hansberry doesn't have a silky, smooth voice. Like, I feel like he could be a DJ on Sunny 95 or something. <laughs> it has been mentioned many times, yes. <laughs> so I had a, um, a cocktail at Giuseppe's probably, it's been a year, maybe two ago. I thought it was the coolest thing ever. I, I got a flask. Oh, yeah. And so I got to pour my cocktail came in a flask, which I thought uh -huh. was, was that you? Was that your idea? Um, full disclosure, that is something when we originally began to alter myself and then some other people who were working at Giuseppe's at the time. When we began to alter the cocktail scene, the bar program there, we had gone out to a couple places in New York and Chicago and just were blown away by presentation across the board where, you know, whether it was death and company or the aviary in Chicago. And one of the places we went to served that cocktail in that format, not exactly how we do it, but in a very similar fashion. And mm -hmm. that was on one of our original menus. That was one that we were like, take that. That's cool. Nice. So tell me if I'm wrong, cause you're the professional, sure. but uh, places like the <clears throat> aviary and mm -hmm. I've been to death and company also, sure. but the aviary it's cool. Yeah, I, I would tell everybody visit there once, but mm -hmm. I feel like the Columbus bartenders are so much better than the larger markets. I'm doing air quotes mm -hmm. uh, because because you guys exercise restraint where, you know, the aviary is fun, but it kind of goes way overboard and it's just a little too much. Like, And I, I feel like you guys um, in Columbus take those ideas and make them more reasonable is that am i wrong no like, that sounds that's that's a good way to hit on the subject um you also have to look at your market i mean when you go into thinking about you're going to open up your own cocktail bar or you're going to go you know hopefully you know improve or upgrade a program already in place at a, a, a restaurant in columbus you know, ownership and, and management might want you to like, well, we like to go to death and company and we enjoy, you know, aviary and we want that type of level. Well, you have to back them away from that and let them know like, well, that's fine. But those places, that's like, it's like visiting uh, Epcot Center. How yeah. many times are you going to go to the Epcot Center? Right. right. How many times are you going to go to, the, you know, the New York Museum of Natural History? Exactly. And that's not to disparage them. It's a one-off. Yeah, know? that's a and wonderful. So, and they're in a, in a touristy <clears throat> place, so it yeah, makes sense. This is more geared towards, I, like, again, 
I would like to serve just drinks that are well-balanced and made with some sort of thoughtfulness and maybe introducing you to a product and or a, a, an ingredient that you've mm -hmm. never, maybe you've seen it in a kitchen, but you've never had it in a cocktail. Mm -hmm. And I think that Columbus as a whole has done a very good job of, of not putting too much pressure on themselves in the bar and cocktail scene to try and reinvent a, you know, death and company or a, an aviary, I guess, you know, as examples, it's, let's just be really good bars with really good drinks. And yeah. we have several of them. Yeah, absolutely. Accomplished. So Giuseppe, he's a, an amazing chef. There's amazing food. Does he, do you have full range? Do you get to do whatever you want at the bar? Oh, or yeah. you have to, okay. They are, they have been and will continue to be uh, very gracious and very uh, open to anything that would want, that we would want to do behind the bar um, as far as cocktails. Um, I've never once had gone to them with an idea or a, a hey, we need to buy this or this needs to, we need to get these these types of glasses or this type of, you know, accessories back here. Sure. Whatever you need. What's the most famous person you've met in your bar? Who is the most famous? Person uh, would you like to go with uh, rock and roll celebrity yeah, or judicial celebrity? It, either rock way. and roll, both. One of each. <laughs> Mick Jagger and Ronnie Wood. No That's kidding. Awesome. What and was that like? Vice President Joe Biden. Oh, cool. Yeah. So the Stones. What? I, I mean, that's like a story that is like lives in infamy in this this town. I think. Give but, it to me. I want to hear it. Uh, so. I walk in there you know, two years, two or three years ago, I walk in there on a Friday, you know, being the bar director, I go in during lunch and do a lot of the stuff that gets us you know, ready to be successful at night. I walk in there and Giuseppe's sitting down at a lunch table and it, I don't know the guy, but usually it's someone who I know and they're just like chit chatting about like maybe a future dinner or something. And his brother-in-law pulls me aside and is like, Hey, today's going to be a big day. And I'm like, Oh, all right, whatever. Okay. And his wife then, like grabs me like five minutes later. It's like, do you know who that is? I'm like, no. She's like, that's the guy who puts on, you know, all of the stuff for the Rolling Stones when they're not actually like working and slash or, you know, in concert. So they're interviewing Giuseppe and, and me to see if they could potentially eat dinner here. So they have to interview the people before they eat very much, tomorrow? very much like a when a president or, you know, a high standing uh, politician or a you know someone of wealth and stature is going to do go anywhere to eat or drink. It's a, it's a, it's a process that begins in the beginning of the day where, where would we park? What door would, you know, show us the exits, show us the entrances. Security no scouts. Yeah. That type of stuff. You know, what, show me your menu. What can, what would he, you know, he's a, he eats seafood, he's gluten-free. He's, you know, these are his allergens. Like what would you be able to make for him? And you know, where would you, where would you seat us? How busy are you on a Friday night? You huh. know? So that was that. Those that they had that conversation that lasted about an hour, and the guys basically like, "We'll call you at like six o'clock if we're coming." So the whole day is just like cloud nine. Oh yeah, just like, are they coming? Are they not coming? You know. And then you know, we had the big meeting at five o'clock with the staff. Like, did you know what they want to drink? No. no. And plus, I mean. They're, you just know they're, they're like allergies. 75, 80 years old. They're not drink that. They've, had, they've had their fair share of drinks. Um, so, you know, the five o'clock rolls around. We get the staff together and it's like, here's what potentially is about to happen. No one is to, you know, approach this table. No one is to, you know, tell any of their friends. 
I don't want anyone, you know, on their cell phones texting their, you know, no photographs, yeah, none of that. And yeah. you know, all cell phones had to be handed in at the beginning of the shift. And, uh, you know, we're, we get the night started, happy hour begins. I look up, I'm making some drinks, and I see Vesna, Giuseppe's wife's face, and it's just like ear to ear grin. <laughs> it's like, pulls, comes over to me, like, they're coming. I'm like, okay, <laughs> all right, here we go. I'm not someone who gets like overly excited about that stuff. Like, it, yeah, it's a very big deal, and everyone was, you know, eventually gonna, you know, lose their, you know what, and. You can say shit. Yeah, so everyone was about to lose their <laughs> shit, and whatever, and you know, Giuseppe and, and Vesna and Vesna's brother-in-law, Chris, and you know, their little sons, like they love, I love the Rolling Stones. Sure. They, that, that's their favorite band, hands down, all of them. So it was a big to do, six o'clock rolls around, they get the phone call, you know, now anticipation begins. There's obviously it's Giuseppe. So there's a bunch of people in the restaurant that Vesna knows and she, you know, she can't keep her mouth shut. So she <laughs> began to like whisper to like certain people who are very like tight with her. And they're, then they, you know, next thing you know, they come rolling in through the back door. They sit down at this quiet table. Then they have their security staff. That was like a group of like four guys. You'd never want to meet in an alley from, you know, London. Right. It's <laughs> me, you know, old guys ready, you know, ready to stomp on anyone if they were to approach the table. So they had two tables in the back and it was, oh God, they ate for probably two hours. I was so surprised how long they were there. They were probably there for like two and a half hours. So. Well, they're old. They eat slow. <laughs> no, I'm just mean like, you know, for celebrities like that, it's like they get in and they get out. I mean, they had a whole caravan of, of their fans who like followed them from the Hilton Oh, really? They were waiting outside our restaurant for them oh, to leave. Oh, wow. So that was just a, a situation where I, I looked over at Joe Peppercorn, bartender with me, and I was like, we're in the same room with knighted rock and roll musicians from Britain. Right. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, it was really amazing. So did you, you didn't get to say hello or anything? You could we uh, we kind of all, like, some of us got to exchange, like, a handshake and whatnot. And then cool. Chris's, uh, Giuseppe's brother-in-law, Chris, and... Uh, Giuseppe's oldest son. I think they took a picture with Ronnie. Wood I've and seen Nick. that. Yeah, I've seen so that it's a, still up at the restaurant. That's cool. Like again, though, like I'm not the type of person that was like demands that I you know get to meet. It was just cool enough to be in the same room. Yeah. And by the time they left, like two, so two and a half hours go by. By the time they leave, every regular that has I've ever met, you know, we talk about first name basis, you know, stuff. Every single one of them were there. Oh, I mean, there wow. was a guy that came in. He's like, he's like, I got a text from from. Rob that you know they were here he's like I was going like 98 on you know I was in New Albany <laughs> heading down 270 going like 95 miles an hour I'm just glad I got here you know so by the end there were you know people like holding their cell phones up trying to get in the next thing you know I'm making a drink for someone I look up and they're gone yeah like a magic trick like yeah. it was literally like it was like watching like the Beatles leave somewhere in the 60s you know that's amazing or the, or the stones yeah or the stones <laughs> right if they, if they had it all together then yeah but yeah that was Probably the top celebrity experience. Joe Biden was really cool too. One of the guys who uh, was running his Democratic uh, campaign uh, lives in Bexley. Um, really good guy named Aaron, and he, I think they were in Youngstown doing a, a little appearance, and he, Aaron called uh, Vesna and was like, "Hey, uh, I got a, someone special coming down. It was a Monday night uh, for dinner, and." You know, we need to make sure that you have space for them and, and make sure that, you know, we can take care of that. And it was late because they, you know, they probably did had an event from like six or eight or so. And then we're driving from Youngstown. So Vesna shows up 
just same type of attitude as when the Stones came in and, you know, calls a couple friends. They're sitting at the end of the bar. Next thing you know, Biden and his caravan pull up to the main and Drexel intersection. Was this when he was vice president? Yeah. Or? Okay. Yeah. They were getting ready to be, they were campaigning for the second term. Oh, okay. So okay. Barack was probably somewhere and then Joe was here in the state of Ohio. He was probably at the top. <clears throat> Barack was probably at the top. Probably having Guinness in a stick. <laughs> but, uh. So their caravan rolls up to the T intersection at Drexel, Maine, and Vesta runs outside. And I'm like, dear God, you could get shot. <laughs> yeah. These are secret service. <laughs> yeah, I know. This is not the Rolling Stones, which could be just as bad. But she runs out there. Like, I can't see what's going on outside on the street. But then they eventually, you know, filter their way in. And she's like, she's like, I almost got stopped by the, you know, a service guy. She says, I wanted to just, like, shake his hand and get, give him a hug before, like, he actually got into the restaurant. So he had dinner. I think he was with like his sister and then, you know, obviously a group of Democrats. Did he kiss Vesna on the head? No. (laughs) Funny you ask. No, it wasn't very handsy that night. Um, But it was a really good experience. And uh, he walked around the whole restaurant, shook everyone's hand, like big smiles. Yeah, it was very, very consummate as a politician. But it was it was another amazing experience. And took pictures with Giuseppe and all this. You know, if you wanted a picture with him and you were on staff, like he would do that. Like it was great. That's amazing. That's cool. So, Giuseppe's a rock star in his own yeah. right, right? Yeah. So full circle, he was uh, here two weeks ago at a residence in Bexley who was holding a private fundraiser for him. Vesna got invited, shows up. He speaks for a little bit, gets done, starts shaking hands, and he looks at her in the eye and goes, you're my restaurant girl. Aw. And then did he kiss her on the head? Probably. <laughs> Probably. She didn't give me all those details, but I thought that was really cool. In that he remembered. That, yeah. You know, like he could he, be a bartender. Yeah, exactly. So That's he learned amazing. something from me his first time here. That's awesome. That's cool. That's yeah, a fun story. Very good stuff. That's so fun. Um, so, Sean, we, uh, we always like to have our guests mix us up a cocktail. What are you mm. going to make us tonight? Tonight, you guys had, uh, I talked to Blair and you guys, I had asked, like, is it more of a signature thing or classic? And I debated back and forth with, obviously, you know, it probably needs to be said, like, God bless and rest in peace with Gary Regan. So originally was going to do a a riff on a Negroni, but I did decide to go with something that's on our fall fall cocktail list. Awesome. Um, It is a variation on a daiquiri, um, which involves a little touch of Bexley and then uh, some standard daiquiri ingredients so uh, it's called the kingston kickback um it involves some jamaican rum uh also uh an aged rum from the dominican republic ron zacapa 23 solera mm-hmm. uh some maple uh that is tapped and brewed and bottled in bexley uh, oh. they actually have some maple trees out at the jeffrey mansion um and oh that's great the beginning of the year uh march i believe they tap the maple and get the sap out and then they do a uh, big day where they brew the maple um, outside in front of the Jeffrey Mansion, and then it gets aged and bottled and then sold on Arbor Day. As oh, Bexley cool. is a uh, nationally registered arboretum. So I did not know you, that. The sweetening agent in this is some of the Kelvin maple from Jeffrey Mansion. Wonderful. That's very cool. Fresh, that sounds fresh lime and some Amaro Montenegro. Wow, way to represent the city of Bexley. Wonderful. That's All what right. I'm here for. Kingston. Kingston kickback. Kingston kicked so back. Ray and, Ray and Nephew is the is the Jamaican rum, overproof, white rum, Zacapa dark rum, fresh lime, little pineapple, um, some cinnamon and tiki bitter, and then a little uh, dehydrated lime wheel. So 
All right. Well, we're going to take a break, and uh, Sean is going to mix us up a Kingston kickback, and we'll drink that. See Sounds we come great. Back. All right. We are back with the Kingston kickback. Cheers, everyone. Cheers. Slancha. Slancha. <laughs> So kind of a tiki-inspired daiquiri. I love a daiquiri. Yeah. So tell me about the name first. Well, Ray and Nephew is, a, is probably the most popular rum drank by the locals of Kingston. Um, it's just it's in a, it's affordable, excuse me, and uh, overproof. It makes a killer daiquiri on its own. It is also extremely versatile with other rums. So many times when you're drinking, uh, you know, you're at a tiki bar and they're putting together a, a real, you know, killer tiki cocktail for you. If they're going to use a white overproof rum, it's more than likely going to be uh, Ray and Nephew. So just paying homage to Kingston. And then I wanted it to be more uh, of a seasonal type of rum cocktail. So I wanted to add some aged, uh, darker rum to it. So Ron Zacapa is probably my favorite Solera-style rum. Um, just well-balanced, good mm-hmm. on its own, great in, you know, cocktails as well. And then added a little, you know, the, there's a the hint of sweetness from the maple. And then, yeah, I'm getting that. It's this, it's in the back, but it's yeah, there. It's there. And you know, you can tell it's not like a cane sugar or, mm-hmm. or honey or something. So, and then uh, Amaro Montenegro to add a little bit of Italian to the cocktail, which I not always, but try to focus on using something that hails from the mother country, being in an Italian restaurant. So, Makes sense. Yeah, and, and then and Montenegro is a pretty sweet bitter. It's uh, got you know some hints of caramel, saffron, and whatnot. So, so what did you say? There were tiki bitters. Yeah, tiki bitters from Bitterman's. They make a, a a bitter that has a little bit of cinnamon and some nutmeg spice going on in there. So you should be able to pick up some of those baking spice notes as well. And what's the garnish here? Just a dehydrated lime. Some people like to just you know use it as an aromatic on top of the drink. Some people eat it. Completely up to you. So um, if you don't have a dehydrator, if you're not all fancy, how can you, can you make these at home? Um, you can probably go in any restaurant and find them behind a refrigerator that has fallen off. Of the- <laughs> <laughs> no. um, you could, you could possibly do, off. you could possibly like uh, put them on a sheet tray in a bro- and then broil okay. mode and, and maybe do some caramel. I mean, cause essentially what's going on there is a very slow caramelization of the lime. Smells wonderful. Sure. So, I mean, that's a that's probably a more expedient way to do it, but then you'd still probably have to like let them dry out a little bit. But if you, I mean, those little food dehydrators are, are fine, and you just slice those up. They're done in sixteen hours. Just leave them overnight if you want. So do you? They last a very long time. So when you garnish a drink and you take the peel off, is mm-hmm. are those the is that the citrus that you use? For so you don't the, have the, any waste? Um, sometimes. Oranges, yeah. Uh, the limes, I just do because you don't really peel. Uh, I don't a use a lot of lime peel okay. for drinks. So lemons, you could do that, yeah, because you're not really looking at like I don't. One of my pet peeves, another bar, great bar story, is when you are at a, you know, a restaurant and you know that they've been cut in twists and then you get like a water and a lemon and they give you the lemon with the 
the rind cut out of the top of it? Uh, <laughs> just no, no. Just give me a pretty looking lime wedge. You know what I hate <laughs> is when you get a uh, garnish and it still has the sticker on it from the grocery oh, store. Oh so boy, no yeah. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's just nasty. Yeah, because you never know whose hands <clears throat> have been squeezing that yeah. particular lime. Yeah. Or no, most of the knows. most of our dehydrated or stuff. How is, it got to the shelf before it got to your cart before it yeah. got to your bar. Yeah. This is why I like to drink uh, high proof drinks, so it kills all of the bacteria. That's there I mean, you go. It's not a, a problem that I have. It's, well, they, I'm solving a problem before it starts. Those Getting sentiments are also expressed by the locals <laughs> in Kingston, Jamaica. I guarantee it. <laughs> so fun. This is delicious. It's a really nice cocktail. Thank you. You're very welcome. So um, when you create your cocktail menu, you try to do some Italian influences, but is it a collaboration with all the bartenders or do you as the bar manager come up with? Uh, that moves in, in various directions from list to list. Uh, we've obviously, as it's known in Columbus, we've had a lot of great uh, talented people or, you know, come through the, the ranks over there. Like Travis who? Owens. Oh. Uh, Worked with uh, myself and was the basically the in my position before I took the position over, um, before he started Curio. Um, you know, some people who were at Curio before it closed, Ben Greist and uh, Annie uh, Annie Pierce, who now just opened Lawbird Bar, mm-hmm. which is a very new and fun cocktail bar. If you guys haven't been yet, we have, yeah. Um, it menu to menu. I always throw it out there to everybody, you know, Joe Peppercorn included, you know, if you guys want to throw, you know, put something together, if you've already been working on stuff at other restaurants that hasn't made it on a list or, uh, is just, you know, a contribution you made for a website or, or, you, you know, you showed up at a lovely podcast and made something for some <laughs> great people and want to put it on a menu, let me know. Like I'm, I'm open to that. Like this is less work and create creative thoughts that I have to run through my head. I mean, I've been doing this at Giuseppe's for 11 and a half years. You've run out of ideas. Were you at, were you anywhere else before Giuseppe's? Did you already say that? Yeah. Oh, all of it. Easton for. Oh, that's right. You said you opened all those places. Um, I remember now. But in this discipline, in the cocktail discipline, mainly at Giuseppe's. Okay. Some stints at Curio. Um, I, when the Hilton first opened downtown, I did their uh, cocktail menu and, and was there for a while. So, yeah, it's the more people who want to jump in on this stuff, the merrier. I mean, it's, and then it becomes more of an expression of all everybody's tastes and everybody's skills as opposed to just mine. God, this is so good. Do you love this cocktail? Oh, delicious. I think, I think also with the Amaro Montenegro. So most of the time when you're having a cocktail with a, an Amaro in it, it sometimes will be the, the, the long lasting note. Yeah. And pineapple. So, yeah, there's pineapple mm. and I'm getting mm. the... Um, Maple syrup in the texture, yeah, on the finish, sure, and the rum, yeah, that that high proof rum is yeah. lingering. If you, ever, if you ever just take a bottle of Ray Nephew and just give a good whiff, it smells like super ripe bananas. Mm. So sometimes I always get that, like when I'm drinking a, a even if there's no banana actual flavor, you know, ingredients in it, like right. a banana de Brazil cordial or maybe some like, fresh banana puree or something you still like when the ray and nephew's in there i always feel like i get a little bit of banana so good so do you personally have a favorite cocktail um if i was stranded on an island and then there was only one cocktail i had i could make for myself for the rest of my life it would be a negroni okay yeah do you That's also fair. like a boulevardier or just 
I do. I drank more or less. I, I think when I was younger, I, I'm just in the winter time too. Boulevardier to me is more of a seasonal uh, cocktail for the you know colder weather. Which, you know, the, the Negroni is just it's the quintessential cocktail that it just explains why drink a cocktail as opposed to just having a something on the rocks. It's the three components: bitter, sweet, and dry. So, how do you make your Negroni? Um, I and pretty much so the standard, you know, three ingredients, equal portions. Um, I like to stick to the to the classic London dry gin. Brokers is an outstanding uh, gin. Is that I the agree. one with the little hat on yeah. top? Yeah. Okay. Yep. That is, they use they use both lim, lemon essence and orange essence in the distillation process. Um, most London dries are just lemon. Um, Beef eater dry is great, and, and everybody you know, has had or can acquire themselves a bottle of beef eater without a problem. Um, I also enjoy, if you want to get, you know, a little bit more weird with your gin, au pair, which is a yeah. oriental spice gin, heavy on the cardamom spice. Hmm. And then also uh, Monkey 47. I've had that. Which is a German-style gin with 47 botanicals in it. I have not had au pair, have I? You have. Oh, but, I don't but. <laughs> I'd be the worst bartender ever. I can't even remember what I drink. <laughs> <laughs> you've, you've tried it. You have, you've had it in a cocktail and you've tried it alone. Okay. But, but yeah, so Negroni. Negroni. Mm-hmm. That's one of Blair's favorites that's, as well. That's definitely one of my top five, mm-hmm. but I can never like take it right down to one. Yeah, because it's I tough. Love, I love a Manhattan. I love an old fashioned. Mm-hmm. I love a Vucare. I just don't think I could get tired of a Negroni. Like I can, uh, I can go yeah. through phases where like I don't want to have any more Manhattans for a while, mm. and that could be vice versa for you. Or yeah. yeah. So tell me how you do your Negroni. So the the only thing that I do differently with my Negroni is that I will split the Campari base with Aperol. There you go. And then add a couple of dashes of uh, Fee Brothers Orange Bitters. I but could. It, I would easily enjoy one of and those. And then you have to have the orange peel. Yeah. There, yep. It's not complete without an orange. No, peel. that's the aromatics on that top. If that yeah. oil hits the top of the drink, exactly. you pull it up to your nose. And it's a drink that like people drink Manhattans, people drink old fashions. They like Cosmos. They like you know Gimlets, Mojitos. The Negroni is always like for some. It, it almost is like this window of opportunity to bring aboard some new flavor profiles for a guest who believes that they you know drink you know, exotically. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it opens yeah. up a, bu- uh, you know, and people who don't like gin, then they try a Negroni and they're like, oh. Yeah, we hear that a lot. Some orange and some sweetness to it. And the first one that I ever tried was in Bologna. So, mm-hmm. you know, it brings back those memories as well. That's so. always one of the greatest uh, compliments I receive is um, when people go to Italy and they're like, how can I, how can the Negronis here taste better than they can when I'm in Milan? You're like, well, I'm making them, sir. <laughs> <laughs> so what's so amazing to me, and this is such a simple thing, but it just fascinates me, is how, you know, you take for granted when the uh, when the bartender is squeezing the sure. the peel on top. Yeah. And, and, you know, depending on the light, it's usually too dark in a bar to, to see all of the oil. Like there's a ton of oil coming out. Yeah. of that peel and it just really lays on the surface of that cocktail and you get it you smell it and then you taste it it's so wonderful well and yeah and then if the, you know a lot of times now it's become very popular to 
maybe it is really dark in the bar, they'll the expression of the oil with a flame. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you get that kind of burst of of like torch over the drink. That's just all the oil that's just been, you know, it's flammable. So it just gets. So you have to time that right though, right? Because there's not like a ton of oil coming out. But um, yeah, you, you cut the orange a little differently too. You want to have a little bit more thicker pith behind it because there's also oil in the pith and it just pushes that oil out. And oh. then you can really get a nice, you know, little spritz over top of the cocktail. Very cool. So any other stories that you'd like to share? You've already shared some pretty amazing yeah. stories, but if oh, there's well, anything else. You, I believe we were off air talking about this, but I will share a story. I wasn't at my bar, but it was a, it, it, when you brought up the fact that you must look people in the eye when you cheers them. Um, years and years ago, I was probably in my early 20s and was just didn't know much about cocktails and didn't know much about you know being at a bar. We were it was myself friend of mine who I went to school with at Ohio State were down at Tommy Keegan's in the brewery district. I don't know if you guys were here then or not, mm-hmm. but uh, it was across the street from Brewmaster's Gate. And we were there, we were watching probably Champions League soccer, which is a European tournament uh, with professional teams. And it was going to be a, like a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday games every day. And we, so we're down there and there's these two Irish guys that are probably... 65 or so in on business or something from Ireland and they're doing stuff at the convention center. So they're in there knocking back pints in the middle of the day, like a good Irish boy would. <laughs> so we're watching the soccer and they're, you know, they're cheersing us and they're, you know, they're in their glorious accents are making fun of us. And we're trying to, you know, get back at them and jib jab and they couldn't remember any of our names. So they all called us by like, you know, uncle Shawnee and, and my buddy, Matt Burke was, they called him Borky and it was just hysterical. So at one point in the few days we were there, there was a, a cheers that was going to happen. I think like a, a, an Ireland player or something like scored for Liverpool or something. And uh, we get our rounds of beers and the glasses go up and the one guy cheers is my friend. And he, I guess he didn't look him in the eye and he dumped his beer on him. Oh, and he, goes, let this he be just a, dumped it on him. He goes, let this Hansberry, be a lesson to you. You can you never watch cheers. It. Yeah. And so <laughs> that didn't end the best, but it was what it was. It was and a so, lesson. It was a lesson. Sometimes the lessons are hard. Um, but yeah, that was a pretty funny story. That, that is, is pretty story. funny. Uh, and there's plenty, the plenty of other stories for another time. And both of you learned the lesson. That's the great yeah. part. Oh, yeah. So it was funny you brought that up. <laughs> but there's all kinds of stuff that goes on when we work. We work hellacious hours and it's not the easiest of jobs and there's always stress and anxiety and i've had a plate thrown at me no what i've uh you know oh yeah i've had by uh, somebody other than your girlfriend i won't mention names of who threw the plate at me but i've had a plate thrown at me (laughs) um i've gone you know like in the early days uh, working at a more high volume bar than giuseppe's i've i've you know, slipped my finger open, drove all the way to the emergency room to have it stitched up, came back and finished the oh, shift. Wow. Um, I mean, just incredible stuff. It's, it's never a dull moment. All right. Well, we'll definitely need to have you. Back I call it finger. life behind the life behind bars. There you <laughs> there go. If I ever write that's, an autobiography, that's yeah. what it'll be called. Life behind there you bars. Go. Oh, that sounds great. Well, Sean, so tell us when we can visit you at Giuseppe's. I am there. Um, 
you, behind the bar for service Tuesday through Saturday. Uh, 4.30 is our happy hour begins. We open up the dining room at 5 o'clock. Um, Saturdays, we just open straight at 5. Uh, you can pop in just about any hour of the day that we're open for service, and I am there in some capacity. What is your happy hour? 4.30 to 6 o'clock. Um, we do our wines by the glass at a discounted rate. Um, our beers are discounted. Uh, all the local craft beers that we sell and the, uh, the domestics and imports. Um, and then we do classic cocktails, which we just make a couple suggestions. You obviously can order something else, but there's about six classics, including like a last word in aviation, uh, old fashioned. Negroni. Negroni. Yeah. Um, all of those are also discounted. Awesome. Yep. Sounds wonderful. And the bar is typically full around five o'clock. And, and listeners, so you're aware, we have been talking with Sean for Uh-oh. Oh, more than a year now. Yeah. But eventually we will bring the tour to Giuseppe. Yes. I, yes. Keep, I know so you guys. This, this is in the so works. It that. will happen. Yeah. Give and us, we need be to, patient. We'll get it done. And we need to. Goals for 2020. On that note, there are other uh, people who work on Main Street who want to get involved. Oh, oh well, awesome. Harvest Bexley and uh, yes. the top. Yes. And we worked wonderful. with Harvest in German Village yeah. already. So Yeah. Awesome. That would be wonderful. Sean, it's been a real pleasure getting to know you. The pleasure is all <laughs> mine. Trust me. It's been it's been fun sitting here having it a chat with you guys. It has been fun. Thanks for coming by. And listeners, Great stories. Thanks very much. Yeah, no listeners problem. get to Giuseppe's Retrovo. Is that how you say it? Yes, it is. Yep. All right. Get out there in Bexley and uh, have some great cocktails and some wonderful food and maybe see some rock stars. Absolutely. Well, Good. Sean's a rock star anyway. So And Giuseppe, too. <laughs> Giuseppe is yeah. more than a rock star. He is. All right. Thanks so much. More than welcome. Listeners, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Seabus Craft Cocktail Tour. Visit our website at columbuscraftcocktailtour.com for cocktail tour dates, women and whiskey tastings, special events, merchandise. And if you're looking for a gift for that special person in your life, get them a gift card to our cocktail tour. Thank you to our producer, Greg Hansberry and to the biographer for our original music. And please remember to drink responsibly and be cocktail curious. Cheers. Cheers.